Welcome to Ideas on Trial. I'm your host, Leopold Ajami, and I have with me my co-host, Ricardo Pinto. Hello, Ricardo. Hello, Leopold. Glad to see you again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, as we said in our trailer, in our opening, we're starting this season with one purpose, which is we want to develop or want to look at how we can develop our character. So everything we will be doing, all the different you know topics we're exploring will be directed towards character development. And today we're starting with an amazing topic, I think, which is self-acceptance. And I'm saying amazing because I know that there are so many different views in the culture, but also in preparation, I know that you and I, we don't fully agree, which will make this... <laughs> Exciting. Yeah. So let me ask you, uh, what is it, this concept, self-acceptance, and why it's important? Why we're doing this? Why should people uh, tune in? Yeah. Before we go to self-acceptance as such, I, I have a big question for you. And it says, what would make you lose your total sense of reputation with yourself? Oh, that's a big question. What would make me lose my total sense of reputation with myself? And mm. here's what I have in mind. <laughs> That's a big one. I have the belief that as long as you are alive, as long as you're moving, as you're thinking, you can do something. Even about the blackest mark you may have in your biography, right? Mm. Yeah. Of course, you can think about some exceptional cases like murder, which is practically irredeemable. But apart from those extreme cases, you can always do something to recover or to gain a reputation with yourself, which is the most important kind of reputation you can have. Yeah, but you know, this, this, this is a huge question and I think it requires some unpacking. So what would make me lose my reputation with myself? And the way I would think about it is try to analyze what is a reputation, right? And, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is, well, think, let's think about other people, how other people build a certain reputation about you. And how do people do that? Well, basically they watch your character and your conduct. They watch how you behave in the culture, what you say and what you do, your your values in action, all your skills for that matter. And they form a certain reputation about you. Now it might be accurate or not, but that's, that's irrelevant. But to form a reputation with yourself requires a lot of honesty because now you're looking at yourself, you're looking at the content of your character and not just your character. Now you're looking at your body, you're looking at your mind, but also you're looking at your body. You're looking at every aspect that makes you who you are. It also involves looking at intimate things about yourself, right? Like small details about your body, maybe your sexual performance, maybe your deepest psychological fantasies and a lot, lot more, right? So I guess what would make me lose my reputation with myself is the point where I don't accept who I am or what I've become 
or I stop that uh, process of growth. Like if I think of myself that here I am, I can't move on, I can't fix myself, then I won't have a good reputation with myself. So that's how I would think about it, top of mind. Does that answer you? Yeah, that's interesting. That's a perspective. Um, the point is that you're taking a certain view about what acceptance neutrally means, right? Because you're taking it as a, basically as a recognition, as an identification of who you are in all of your attributes. And that's good. That's necessary. Not for your fully, happiness. but yeah. But not fully, yeah. let's say. But, uh, but that's the ground zero you need for, yeah. for your growth, right? Yeah. Yeah. For yeah, your growth like and ambition. The recognition that I have some flaws, I have some errors. I have things that I don't like about myself, maybe about my body. Maybe <laughs> I grew, uh, you know, my, my whatever. So, so uh, there's this kind of recognition, uh, the negative one, which is fine. And there's also the, the positive recognition that there are some great things about me and even the potential yeah. recognition, I would say like, there are things that I can still achieve or want to achieve. So, so yeah. But here's the issue. When you find the idea of self-acceptance in the culture and when people say, like you, I accept myself as who I am, they usually add another sentence to that, which is, I'm already good enough. Mm. Sometimes it's even stronger. I'm already good enough, flaws and everything. And this is a problem. Yeah, I hear you. This is a problem. And here's how I think of self-acceptance to go back to your initial question. Yeah. And so, please tell me, why do you think it's a problem? So what's wrong with saying I'm good enough? Well, here's the thing. You probably are good enough or no, let me correct that. There are many good things about you. Probably some of the values you formed, some of the passions you have, some of your virtues. You mentioned physical attributes that can be valuable, right? Yes. And those things exist. Those things are real. And if yes. you are too self-critical, it is possible that you don't look at them because you focus exclusively on the negative. And that is a problem, a big problem also, yes. right? As long as you haven't denied your humanity, <laughs> like in the case of a murderer, you probably have a lot of good things in your life, even if they are unrealized, if they are inconsistent, if they are not at the top performance. Yeah. But you cannot tell yourself, especially if, if you're our age, right? In going yeah. through the, <laughs> the quarter life crisis, you cannot <laughs> tell yourself, I am already good enough. Well, is it because you're stopping your growth. And I, and I was thinking about that a little bit. Yeah. I was thinking about the correlation between self-acceptance and growth. And to me, it stands like self-acceptance is a precondition of growth. You can't grow if you don't accept yourself, right? Whether the flaws or, you know, the virtues. 
So from that perspective, I see why you're opposing the dominant view in the culture. And I, and I stand, you know, the same. Yeah, no, but there is a need of a present looking evaluation of yourself. Yeah. Uh, there is a need of having a actual present satisfaction with who you are. Yes. Of course, with the idea that you can be even better, right? But there is a need to be, I won't say fully satisfied, but to be, you know, at peace with yourself, to put it in. in so, so how in does it look like? Vague terms. So I, I'm, I'm thinking about the mirror uh, analogy. Mm -hmm. So here I am standing naked in front of the mirror, which is, by the way, an exercise that we don't do often, right? And I think it's very healthy, like to stand naked in front of a mirror and evaluate yourself. I would even say judge yourself physically and uh, and mentally. So so that's how I'm thinking about it. And I, I think you, you too, right? Like you're standing naked. There's some easy parts that you can evaluate, specifically when it comes to body, because they're very visual, they're very concrete. You can point out to your muscles and say, you know, I don't like that part or to the excessive fat and say, I don't like that part. But also there's a harder part, which is more introspective, where you have to look about the content of your mind, the, the, the content of your character. You have to, 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 to rethink about how do you behave uh, in this world? And I think most fundamentally, which is a philosophical point, how do you think of yourself, right? Like it, it's in the word self-acceptance. How do you look at yourself? How do you think of yourself? And and also, how do you how do you look at life as such? Do you have a benevolent view of life, or you're always pessimistic? So I think that's the analogy. That's a good analogy to think of. Yeah, like for example, asking yourself a question, a very important question. Okay, am I giving my best effort? Is that true, or is there something I could do more? And there's yeah. always something you can do more. But there is a difference between knowing that you are actually giving your best at your present knowledge. Of course, you can work one, two more hours, but that wouldn't add anything meaningful to, to that. There is a difference between that and between the thought of, okay, I, I did my best. And that's a phrase that people use that I really don't like. I did my best. And it usually means... They didn't do their best, which is kind of strange because that should be a, a non-horrific phrase to do your best. It should yeah. be taken seriously. But I want to I want to stop yeah. you, Ricardo, here and ask you something, because huh. it seems to me that sometimes so. So there's a thin line between judging yourself as objectively as possible and being harsh on yourself. You know, and, and that's why I guess sometimes we say, I did my best. I had this project and I did my best. And I think it's valid to say that contextually, I did my best in the context of my current knowledge and yeah. circumstances. So, so what do you think is the thin line between evaluating yourself and being harsh on yourself? Yeah, this is what I think. Sometimes you should feel a little guilty mm. and that's okay. And that's healthy. Probably you don't want to beat yourself up. Yeah. You don't want to insult yourself because that could be demotivating. But 
the feeling of or the thought of I could have done more can be helpful and can be a path to honest reflection about your performance, about how you're doing, about your integrity. But there is a difference between that and saying to yourself, you are the worst person in the world. You don't deserve to live, right? Mm. Or and you're the best in the world. Or you're the best in the world. So we're facing two false alternatives, mm. which are both forms of pretending, right? Mm. Pretending yourself, you you are something that you're not for the better or for the worse. And here's the, the thing. Your life is a precious thing. The only life you will ever have. And there is no point in reveling as a permanent feeling in guilt if you want to be happy, in fact. Yeah. To put it another way, guilt sometimes is earned. Much of the time. That's why it's a feeling. Because you, your, your body, your mind tells you that this is not good. The problem is how do you approach it? Do you just lash yourself in the back and stop you from improving? Or you take rather like an indifferent, casual attitude towards that guilt, recognizing it, of course, but not focusing on it, but focusing on the task, on the value you have in front of you. Does it make sense? That's yeah, so let, let me <laughs> let me try to put it in perspective. So here's how I'm I can condense this in my mind. Self-acceptance entails the act of befriending yourself. It's really like forming a relationship with a very, very close and valuable friend. Only that friend is yourself. And a true friend will never help you evade reality or escape reality or deny that a fact is a fact about you, that you're gaining too much weight or that you're acting immorally or that you're becoming a cheat, or, uh, right? So a, a good friend would tell you the truth. He, he would never de deceive you. And I think also it's someone who really cares about you and he's, he's compassionate about you. And he, you know, he, he uses he's uh, empathic. Em empathetic. Absolutely. And I think that's important relationship. That's a harmonious relationship that you have to build with, with yourself. And that's why, again, the, the mirror analogy is crucial here because the more you accept yourself, guess what? The more responsibility you have. Think about it. Now you're recognizing, for example, that you have a flow and immediately you have a self-responsibility to act on that flow because you've recognized it, you see? And at least if it's something important to you. So maybe gaining a little bit weight is not of, of too much value to you. That's fine. But maybe if you're, if you're discovering that you're lying every day, or that you're not living up to your potential. Well, yeah. discovering it and accepting it entails a, a huge responsibility that you have to act on it. And that's what makes life interesting. And that's what growth is all about. Yes. And that responsibility is not merely a commitment you make 
to acting as such. But yeah. I think more fundamentally, a commitment to rethink your fundamental values and projects in life. Yes. Because to use your last example, that you're not living up to your full potential, your conclusion from that doesn't have to be necessarily, okay, I'm going to work 18 hours straight in this project, but I, rather a commitment to being brutally honest with yourself yeah, can result in realizing or discovering that you really don't like working on this project. And there's something else that you don't know right now that you could be doing yes. and you abandon it completely. So it's not an issue of duty. It's an issue of what is the best life that I can build for myself and what do I need to do to gain it? So I love that. I love that, Ricardo. This is so enlightening because again, it goes back to the moral aspect, because when we think about self-acceptance, even in the way we're talking about it, most of us will, will, will think that it's a duty. The moment I recognize something, then it's a duty to correct it. And, and you made it clear that it's not true. I would put it as it's a, it's a form of a reverence. It's a form of respect, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a respect for reality as such, for the facts as such, but also it's a respect for your reality as you are in that moment. And from that sense, you take the responsibility to correct it if you think that will add to your life. If it's not a priority or if it's not important to you now, you don't have to act on it, you know, but recognizing it is important and you put it in the back of your mind. I, I, I'll give you a quick example. You know, I don't like that I'm gaining some weight, right? <laughs> and I'm like saying every day to myself, I need to go and exercise. Now there's two ways I can take this road. Either I get obsessed with building muscles and going to the gym every day or take just, you know, the healthy path so I can keep maintaining myself. So there's no duty here to go and take the, 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 the extreme path because that's not too important for me. So, so yeah, that's a very, very important point. Yeah. I think the point is that there are optional values within yeah. a definite framework, right? Because yeah. it would be always wrong, for example, in your case to, to tell yourself that that overweight is good yeah. when, when it's not for your health, but that doesn't mean that you gotta become an athlete. No, there are optionalities in how you can be healthy. Yeah. For example, I'm okay with being, you know, thin, but not very muscular, right? Yeah. Perhaps I could change that as I actually did last year, but I abandoned it. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's your, it's much deeper, it's, much it's deeper your than... picture. It's your, uh, it's your <laughs> Canva. That's a word. It's, it's your, your Canva. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's why the issue of self-acceptance is much, much deeper. And it's not just psychological. I think it's, it's, it's fundamentally a philosophical perspective about the nature of the self, because all what we're talking about really leads us to the point that self-acceptance entails that 
you understand what is the self and that you stand by that self you build a relationship with that and and here there's a whole commitment it's not duty but it's a commitment to nourish that self right and and, and i think that's why it's fundamental and i guess we'll be exploring that in a future episode it's fundamental to discuss the concept of the self right yeah. what is the self yeah because if the, the way I retain the concept of self-acceptance at the most fundamental level is a recognition that one, I exist and I have the right to exist and I choose to value my existence. And how do I do it? First, by accepting myself and then by taking different uh, steps in my life to keep on nourishing my existence. Make sense? It does. And I think the basic philosophical principle that you've been operating under uh, for the last 10 minutes, I think it's basically that fact and value come together. Yes. And if you are an honest person, you cannot simply tell yourself, oh, I have these flaws. I have these things I don't like about me. Because as soon as you identify that you know there's something to improve of course you have to figure it out there is no solution that works for everybody but you don't have it's like contemplating someone being assassinating in the street you you don't simply say oh that person killed that other one no you you become angry or you have fear right yeah but still with everything we've said, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced about the idea of self-acceptance. <laughs> okay, let's sell, let's sell our listeners. What did you have in mind? Because I think here lies our disagreement. And maybe they're yeah. going through this. So Yeah. You know, everything we've said, that you need to recognize your virtues and flaws in the present so you can, you know, be satisfied with who you are right now modestly at least and improve in the future and become someone you can be proud of all of this i can do it with the concept of honesty you've got to be honest with yourself brutally honest and honesty means recognizing the facts as they are what's irrevocably true about yourself positive or negative and also with your action, with how you are reacting to what you discover about yourself. Am I really doing something to improve this? Or am I, am I being passive? Am I being complacent? All of this, I can do it with the concept of honesty. So if you ask me, do you accept yourself, Ricardo? I could answer, well, yeah, but that doesn't mean anything. Now, when you ask me, are you honest with yourself? You put me in a dangerous spot. <laughs> yeah. Because then I know the question necessarily implies whether I'm doing something with what I don't like about myself. You know, it's yeah. more, it's clearer in that commitment to improving. Okay. So I think you have a, you have a valid point and 
I don't know if my my comeback will make any sense. But I, I thought about it and I felt that I cannot not have the concept of self-acceptance because and I thought about an example, a personal example. So when I was a teenager, I had this idea that to be in love is a sign of weakness. If I'm going with a woman and I fell for her, I would never tell her because to be in love is to be weak. And for a long time, I had this idea because I was observing people around me who might have been really honest. People around me were, were saying to be a man is to be not too vulnerable or not to not to showcase your love. And I, I kept this idea for a long time until one day I discovered that, like you were saying, I'm not honest with myself because I, I love that girl. But at the same time, I'm pretending that I don't. But guess what? If I went to her and told her I've been pretending that I'm not in love with you, I am actually in love with you, I would have been honest, but that doesn't mean that I've accepted myself. So how did I accept myself? Okay, so how, uh, so, so if you think about it, everything changed to me when I understood what is love. So I, I needed to do this exercise to understand what is love and that it is a value, which means it's a, it's a sign of strength, not weakness. And most crucially, that you cannot love another person if you do not love yourself. And in my mind, if I'm not loving that person and showing her and, and you know, sharing my love, you know, I'm, I'm not loving myself enough. So I needed to go back to that mirror and look at myself and evaluate that actually I don't understand what is love. So I think it's more than honesty. It entails honesty, or I would say it's much primitive than honesty. Mm. So self-acceptance entails honesty and it entails integrity and it's the route to self-esteem, but they're not similar. Does that make yeah. sense? They're not, because yeah. it's, it's something you do. It's a precondition. It's something that you do with your mind. You know, it's something you do with your mind. It's that psychological and philosophical mirror that you look at. And also it's, it's a, it's a form of, it's a form of a willingness to admit that you don't know what's going on. And yeah. when you do that, you start becoming honest with yourself. And when you do that, you start correcting the lack of integrity. And when you do that, you start gaining self-esteem. So it's, it's like a, it's like a staircase, right? It's the first step of the ladder. Yes. That's interesting. I, so I, uh, I won't say you convinced me because I have to think about it, Yeah. but, uh, if you think about it in the context of. So you mentioned you had this idea while a teenager, yeah. well, adolescence, why are so many teenagers either jerks or so <laughs> prone to depression? I think it's partly because they struggle with these very questions that we're yeah. trying to raise here because they have zero achievements. They don't know where they're going. They have some interests, but they are not 
very formed, most of them. And they don't know how to think about their lives and they are not helped in that task. So it's to be expected that they are anxious about the future, if not indifferent to it. And they don't feel satisfied with who they are, yeah. with how they look, with what they do and know. And in, in addition to that, to bank on what you were saying, in addition to that, they're bombarded with ideas that honesty, for example, is as simple as not lying. And we covered a whole episode on that. I think it was the second episode. Yeah. So, so what do you expect of them? You know, they've been told that honesty is merely not lying. So it's a, it's a, it's a virtue related only to other people or, or how you treat other people. And when they look at themselves, they don't know how to accept themselves. I think there's a method to acceptance because the, the word is not too accurate. The word accepting is more than just recognizing that there's something right or wrong. The word accepting here is, is much more fundamental because it's an experience of the self, you see? So it's, it's an experience of the whole self, which includes your thoughts, your emotions, your actions. And, it's, and at the same time, it's a refusal to break that relationship with yourself. Yeah. Right? So there's this push and pull relationship and it needs a method. And that's why teenagers struggle with it. And guess what? That's why we struggle with it. It's not an easy thing to do. That's why we're doing yeah. this whole episode. We While I was talking about it. teenagers, <laughs> I was thinking about myself particularly. Yeah. <laughs> um, it takes courage and a lot of introspection to, to name what's good about yourself. To, to really recognize who you are. And I think that's a good thing that we could all do. Yeah. Even if we're dissatisfied with how we're doing, if we don't see a future, or if we have just uncertainties about it, you can stop in every moment and think about your, your stock, your assets, right? What your values and virtues. And it doesn't have to be anything, you know, sophisticated, like I am a productive person or I, I am a man of integrity. No, it can be something as simple as, you know, I have a unique taste for classic movies. Yeah. And I know a lot about that. And that's a knowledge I have and something I can exploit, not necessarily for profit, but for enjoyment of life. Yeah. That's a value. That's something you have. And that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So I think we covered a lot. I, I hope yeah. that's, you know, I mean, it's clarifying for me, but to reiterate one important point, which I think both of us agree on is that again, this staircase analogy is useful. If you think about it, it's that self-acceptance is the precondition of growth and the end result of self-acceptance is ultimately self-esteem. So that's like the, the, the stairway to achieve self-esteem. And if you refuse to accept, for example, that, I don't know, you're, you're not good enough, how will you ever become better, right? If you refuse to forgive yourself sometimes for something that you did, how can you ever 
admit that that problem existed. So you need to accept yourself, recognize the flaws and the virtues or the vices and the virtues and take action because self-acceptance is something you do. It's not merely something that you observe. And, and from that perspective, it's the re precondition of change and of growth. And that's because you cannot work with nothing except what's irrevocably true. What are facts and only what the facts. And that's the basis of everything else. Yeah, you cannot deny those facts. Facts are yeah. facts, absolutely. So as an exercise, which we always try to, to give to our audience, I don't know, I, I have a simple one, which is really stand naked, facing the mirror, and, <laughs> and evaluate yourself, you know, uh, not just physically, but, but mentally. And one good exercise that I did actually today before the recording in the morning, I evaluate because we tend to forget, right? So I evaluated my week and how I behaved throughout my week. And I, you know, I was able to point out so many different flows and, and things that I don't like that I did this week and things that I did like and I want to build upon. So I think that that would be a good, uh, a good exercise. But please, if you have to all our listeners, if you have any technique, anything in mind that you think works, we'd love to hear from, from you. Surely. All right. Okay. So thank you for listening to Ideas on Trial. And we'll be seeing you very, very soon. Bye.